Morning, everyone. How's it going? Thursday morning, and uh, praise the Lord. Anyways, uh, I just I was going over what we had gone, what we discussed yesterday, and I realized uh, there was still a bit to go on the discussion, at least uh, here in this book, on the discussion of passion and patience. So uh, that's where we are going to pick up. Um, if you're watching this morning and uh, you're watching live, feel free to um, drop a comment, uh, good morning, or something like that. I'd like to know who's watching. And uh, if you're not watching this live, um, I broadcast uh, as much as I can every weekday morning. I'm not always at the same time, but it is in the mornings. Uh, if you are on YouTube, you'll get a notification. I think Facebook gives you one. I know some people get one. Um, Facebook's a little bit different, uh, has a different little setup there, but the idea of podcast links, but I've not been able to get all these episodes to the podcast channels yet. Um, I will get those up here soon. Anyways, uh, thanks for um, joining me this morning. We're going to pick up uh, and continue this story with um, with passion and patience. Uh, so. Let's see here. We we talked about that, you know, the carnal man seeks nothing more than the gratification of their senses. And the end of their end will be the loss of everything they have and the destruction of their souls. These are notes from the author. Um, and then the just, they live by faith in hope of joys to come. Their end will be glorious, for they shall receive the end of their faith, the salvation of their souls, the everlasting the everlasting enjoyment of Christ in glory at the time of restitution of all things. Uh, so interpreters explaining to Christian, he says, uh, he says, but as thou sawest, he had quickly lavished all away and had presently left him nothing but rags. So will it be with all such men at the end of this world. Um, and then we, we left off there. But then Christian replies, and he says, Now I see that patience has the best wisdom, and that upon many accounts, one, because he stays for the best things, and two, because he will have the glory of his when the other has nothing but rags. And the interpreter interrupts him and says, Nay, you may add another to it. The glory of the next world will never wear out, but these are suddenly gone. Therefore, passion had not so much reason to laugh at patience because he had his good things first, as patience will have to laugh at passion because he had his best things last. For first must give place to last, because last must have his time to come. But last give, gives place to nothing, uh, for there is not another to succeed. He, therefore, that hath his portion first must needs have a time to spend it. But he that hath his portion last must have it lastingly. Therefore, it is said of dives, uh, In thy lifetime thou receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And that is a direct, let me turn that off. Um, that is a direct reference to Luke 
chapter 16 and verse 25. Uh, it looks like he gives that rich man a name, Dives. Uh, but yeah, so this is a great example of, of passion and patience in Scripture. You have Lazarus and the rich man. And he tells the rich man, look, you, you've had your portion, and now it's time for Lazarus to have his. Christian replies and says, Then I perceive it is not best to covet things that are now, but to wait for things to come. You say truth, replies the interpreter. He says, For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. This is a direct reference to Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18. I believe that's a word-for-word uh, quote there. I've no, I'm noticing he does that quite a bit. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18. Where are we? 4.18 says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Yep. So word-for-word translation there, I mean quote there. He says, Yet though this be so, yet since things present and our fleshly appetite are such near neighbors one to another, and again, because things to come and carnal sense are such strangers one to another, therefore it is that the first of these so suddenly falls into amity, and that distance is so continued between the second. 99% 99% sure I know what amity means. It's kind of like enmity. But I'm just going to make sure of that. And he, he puts a note in here that I'm going to read here in a second after I define amity. Uh, amity means a friendly relationship. Oh, so it's it's opposite of enmity. Uh, that means it's amical. Okay, so it's the same. So amical, which is like a friendly um, the meaner, I guess, amity is a friendly relationship. So let me see here again if I can make sense now better of the sentence, knowing the definition of amity, which means a friendly relationship. He says, because things to come in carnal sense are such strangers one to another, therefore it is that the first of these, which is uh, things to come, so suddenly fall that the first of these so so suddenly falls into amity and that distance is so continued between the second fleshly appetite okay and things to come okay i'm gonna read that one more time <laughs> i want to make sure i understand what's being said here he says yet though this be so he's talking about the things that are seen are temporal and the things that are not seen are eternal says, yet though this be so, yet since things present and our fleshly appetite are such near neighbors one to another, and again, because things to come and carnal sense are such strangers one to another, therefore it is that the first of these, the flesh, I'm assuming that's the, yeah, the fleshly appetite and the things that are present, um, the first of these so suddenly falls into amity. Ah, we enjoy those, yes. And that distance is so continued between the second. So yeah, the more we become close to the things that are present and uh, our fleshly appetite, we distance ourselves from the eternal things and the things we cannot see. He he does put a note in here. We'll read that. 
He says here, see the preciousness and glory of faith. It causes the soul to make a proper estimate and set a due value on things. It pierces through the objects of time and sense and fixeth upon glory and eternity. This is the proper character of every heaven-born soul. The just shall live by faith. This is Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 4. This is a life of heaven upon earth. Wow. <laughs> uh, this, is a, this is a powerful truth. Um, and he's, he's defining a, he's defining the nature of a heaven-born soul, of a born-again soul. Uh, there is a, there is this way of thinking that says, well, this is how a child of God lives. So let me try to live that way. Instead of saying, if I don't live this way, then I'm going to seek Christ and seek that change and transformation from Him so that I would live that way. A religion flips it around and says, show your love by doing these things. And the struggle becomes, oh, I'm trying to do these things. I'm trying to do ministry. I'm trying to uh, attempt uh, and and show uh, that I love him, and that's not that's not the uh, the true way, the the heavenly way, the the real way, the the organic method, if you will, is that you seek him and find him, and he transforms you and he changes you, and it's basically just evidence that you begin to see in your life that, oh, wow, I'm not the same person anymore. I'm not attempting this change. I'm not going for this change. I'm just seeking him. I'm just wanting to have that relationship with him. And the burdens, but he's, he took care of the burden off my back. He began to change me. He began to change my heart. And this, and then I, I don't have to not try not to covet anymore. I, the law says thou shalt not covet. And so instead of going, Oh, don't covet, don't covet, don't covet. I just don't see the value in, in temporal things anymore. Uh, this, this is as, as the author puts it, this is the preciousness and glory of faith. It, and I'm, I'm going to read this again because it's such a good truth. He says it causes the soul to make a proper estimate and set a due value on things. It pierces through the objects of time and sense, and fixes upon glory and eternity. This is what faith does. It's not, it's not an attempt of, it's not, a, it's not something that you try to do and try to make happen. You try to not focus on the money. You try to not to focus on the temporal. You, you attempt to, oh, I'm going to keep my eyes focused on the prize. No, this is just evidence. A person of faith, a soul that has been, as he puts it, heaven-born, doesn't he? He 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 is able by faith to not estimate, to not look at the things of this world and go, oh wow, those are valuable. He's able to look, and I love. He says it causes the soul. Faith causes the soul to make a proper estimate. In my world, in contracting, uh, people always ask, hey, can you give us an estimate? You tell us what this, this is going to cost. And the difference between a person of faith versus a person 
uh, without faith is that the person of faith is able to look at that and say, no, that is a temporal thing. That is a temporary, uh, fleshly, um, present thing that doesn't really have any value. It looks through um, the objects of time and what makes sense. It makes sense to have the money and and the food and the shelter and all these things that, and I say just shelter, right? It's it's the 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 opulence of it all, the the excess, the excess, and and a, a soul of faith has his eyes on glory, has his eyes on on eternity, and 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 this is just the character of that soul, and 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 a confirmation of what. Is spoken of in Hebrews chapter two and verse four that says the just shall live by faith. Um, I'm going to I, as much as I want to. Uh, I want to go to the next story, but um, I've been finding that there's enough truth in most of these stories. But this is kind of a continuation of yesterday. Um, what time is it? Six forty-three. Um okay so there's there's one more story that's kind of uh one more picture that he shows him it's kind of short here seems a little short uh he says if you're watching live I'm going through the book uh, or if you're watching at all I'm going through the book Pilgrim's Progress um I found out this morning I thought like half this book was a Pilgrim's Progress and the other half was other books Pilgrim's Progress is only like out of a book this thick it's only like this much of the book. Um, there is a part two that I've always wanted to read and have never read um, that talks about his wife's journey of faith. So when Christian leaves the city of destruction, he leaves his wife and children behind. Um, and it's really a common, it's a, it's a common thing to see uh, one side in, in a in a uh, relationship, um, married relationship that many times one will start this journey of faith alone and, uh, one will stay behind and, and watch and, and not understand completely what's happening. Um, but you know what, I'm just, I am going to just go ahead and, and stop it there, uh, enough to think about, uh, on this morning. Um, you know, the, the the truth the 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 in in that we are so easily deceived we can be easily deceived by what is truly valuable in this world in the business world it's you know what's that next step and um what is your obsession you know to 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 do uh in your business and it's so easy to keep your focus on or, or to lose focus on the eternal, to lose focus on, you no, know, these things, the, the, the things that I might gain uh, on this path are not to be even compared to what is to come. Um, and it's, it's not that I attempt to focus less on these things and attempt to focus more on the things to come. It's I... I just seek him. I place, keep my faith in him. I realize that 
if I'm not living the way I should live, if I begin to struggle, that um, my my next step is not to fix my struggle or or to uh, fix myself. If I begin to covet, the answer is just not to oh just stop coveting. No, the nature of a person of relationship with Christ, of a soul that has a relationship with Christ, is that he doesn't find earthly things valuable anymore. He estimates their value properly. And so uh, just a reminder, I guess this morning, uh, if you find yourself in, in the state of, uh, in the story of someone like uh, passion who, who would have his things sooner than later, um, that the, the answer in this is Christ. It's not, to just fix yourself. The answer is Christ. The answer is to uh, seek Him. So anyways, hope you all have a great day. I hope the truth made sense. Uh, I'm excited, more excited this morning because uh, this book here is is has a lot of truth in it, and it's not because it's some made-up truth. It's simply a retelling uh, it's not a no new doctrine, no new um, ideas, simply telling the truth of Scripture in a way that's memorable and in a way that helps it uh, make sense to our uh, to our souls. Hope you all have a great day. Lord willing, see you all in the morning. Y'all take care.